Don't 
Thank you. Thank you. 
<laughs> By the way, Matsunav Radio, it's DJ Depraved here, and that was the real peel sessions hour. That's right, we've been peeling it off this evening. <laughs> In sessions. In sessions, exactly. So yeah, and recording the whole thing. Y'all are in for treats. Oh yeah. We've been yeah. peeling it off all evening. Mm, yeah. In sessions and you're in for treats. <laughs> yeah, Timmy uh, hasn't announced it yet, but I'm going to kind of spill the beans. He's going to re- rename himself DJ Crywank. Yep, DJ Crywank. Yep. I, just, I just sit up there and there's no music playing. I just I just stand up there and ball my eyes out and jack off at the same time. Hope you guys Can enjoy it. We, we got the idea because we found out there's a band named Crywank, which made us both laugh. But you know what? We're going to go, after we're done recording, we're going to go look up Crywank, the band, and be like, whoa, that music is awesome. <laughs> that makes my nipples hard. Uh, Crywank. God damn. The biggest band in the world, Crywank. God damn. <laughs> Look at that double white surprise on the cry wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this came from an idea that AJ presented. He said, uh, why don't we do uh, all PL sessions videos or tracks this week? And I thought about it for a second. I was going, wait a minute. I've seen PL sessions everywhere. So, yeah, let's do it. So, <laughs> John Peel was a very influential dj and uh we were talking about this before you started recording but uh what was really cool about him is he would tell you about a band the same way your friend would and then he would play four tracks every time his show was always four tracks from that band and they would be songs that would ultimately end up on that band's album but they were early versions live raw it's like being at a live concert but without the crowd without all the noise so the band's playing just for you and your friend's telling you about it and then playing the songs and you're like, wow, that was cool. What was that? I want to buy that. He was so influential. He did it like that again and again for years. How long did you say he, uh, he played on the radio? 37 years, 37 years. It's a long ass time, dude. Pretty impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. Most people were lucky if they get 10 years on the re. So, yeah. Wow. His real yeah, name was John that- Robert. I I'm could sorry. only aspire to do that. I mean, I've been on the radio for 11 years now, so. Yeah, that's a long time, too. Yeah. So, I'll take it. <laughs> so, you waited 11 years to rename yourself Crywink? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, his real name was John Robert Parker Ravenscroft, but he was better known professionally as John Peel. And uh, he was an English disc jockey and radio presenter. 
He was the longest serving of the original BBC Radio 1 DJs, broadcasting regularly from 1967 until his death in 2004. You told me that the band Block Party was his last show, right? His last recording? He, Block Party was the last band that he ever personally booked. Uh, let me pull that back up on uh, who all was. Who the uh, last band actually was. Just a second. So he, the last session that he personally recorded was by the band Tamar, was for the band uh, Skimmer. And he had booked Block Party personally last, and then his agents had booked 65 Days of Static and Sun O. Afterwards, and of course, he had passed away um, on just a second. It's not listed here on the article that I'm looking at. October 25th, 2004. October 25th, exactly. So, and he passed away in Peru. So, but I. First band he ever hosted was Skim. Uh, tomorrow, excuse me, and that was on the 21st of September in 1967, so. Yep. He was one of the first broadcasters to play psychedelic rock specifically, and then later progressive rock uh, on British radio, and he was widely acknowledged for promoting artists of multiple genres, including ultimately pop, dub reggae, punk rock, post-punk, electronic music, dance music, indie rock, extreme metal, British hip-hop, and his fellow DJ, uh, Paul Gambaccini, described Peel as the most important man in music for about a dozen years. Mm-hmm. Like I told you before, there's a lot of bands that I like that when they first recorded with him on his show, they were unknown. But the fact that he played them and he always played the, the cutting edge music, the newest stuff, the stuff nobody would ever heard of. They played the four live tracks and then people would get interested in that band and go and buy the music and. He was very influential in what became post-punk and new wave and alternative and goth and all of that stuff. Oh yeah, all if you the went weird through stuff. The list of exactly, if you went through the list of all the bands that he broke, some of them you'll be like, "Who?" But I guarantee you, most of them are heavy hitters that you think of as as major stars now. So it's pretty oh, impressive DC, how DC is an example of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been early on in his career, I'm sure. But yeah. 1976. Yep, that'd do it. That'd so do it for 10 sure. Eight years, basically, or not eight years to be precise. Let's say, just flipping through here, some of the big name acts. Let's see. You can go ahead and continue. No problem. Discussing. Uh, his. Peel's Radio 1 shows were notable for being called the Peel Sessions, and they were played weekly, and they usually consisted of four songs recorded by an artist in the BBC studios, often providing the first major national coverage to bands that later achieved fame. Another feature was the annual Festive 50 countdown of his listeners' favorite records of the year. Peel appeared on television occasionally as one of the presenters of Top of the Pops in the 80s, provided voiceover commentary for a number of BBC programs, and he became popular with the audiences of BBC Radio 4 for his Home Truths program, which ran from the 1990s featuring unusual stories from listeners' domestic live stories. Pretty cool, man. Yeah. 
Guy was uh, brilliant, uh, way ahead of his time. He didn't care about commercial. Uh, he actually preferred stuff. He didn't know what was coming, and it would be a surprise, a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked to him at some point about when he first uh, started doing punk rock. Uh, in a 1990 interview, Peel recalled how his 1976 discovery of the first album by the New York punk band, uh, punk band The Ramones, uh, was a seminal event. At the time, almost all the new bands comprised of people who had previously been in successful bands who had broken up and then reformed as a new band. It was mm-hmm. mid-70s and music was boring. I played the first Ramones LP and it was identical to the first time that I heard Little Richard. The intensity was frightening and scared many of the people in my audience. So I played five or six tracks instead of four uh, and immediately I received mail from people demanding that I never play stuff like that again. Whenever that happens, I do the exact opposite and play more of the same kind of music the following week, which was great. It was a classic case of changing courses in midstream, and a month in, the average age of the audience dropped by 10 years, and the whole social class changed, which I was very pleased about. (laughs) (laughs) Great, man. That's so awesome. Well, they had the band Bauhaus in twice in 1979, and then once again in 1992. Yeah. Just another the Cure, example. The Cure were on there three or four times. Susan the Banshees yeah. played the sessions like four times. Most of these bands didn't go once. They would go again, but the first time they ever got any kind of exposure or any recognition was because they went on the show for the first time. Uh, Bad Religion went on there even. They were, they're a big name in punk, punk rock, so. Yep. Yeah. I mean... I have a list of all the artists that had been on there. And I mean, you're talking thousands of bands have been on there. So the Chameleons. Absolutely. The Mm -hmm. later reprints of the albums are different, but the very earliest releases on vinyl of all the early uh, uh, Peel sessions were always on gray record jackets that had a black square in the middle and in the middle of that square was the name of all the different bands that had played at different times on the Peel sessions. And up at the top, in big letters, would be the, the name of the band that you were about to listen. I discovered so much great music by buying the Peel sessions of that, listening to that until I couldn't listen to it anymore. I knew every song by heart. And then I'd start paying attention to the other bands on that list, and it would give me ideas of who I should check out next. That's how influential the guy was. So... Yeah, I have I'm looking at two records. other big names that were on there. One of them was Joe Cocker, and the other one was Leonard Cohen. Yeah. Huge names in rock music and folk and blues. I mean, it's just amazing what this man had had on his, on his radio show on BBC. I mean, and... To do it for so long on top of everything, it's just incredible to me. So, very, very, impre- very impressive show that this man had put out. And this is this is definitely a uh, show that we will have to revisit in the future because we could do this probably 25, 30 times and never touch the same band, if not more, in our reality. Yeah, it's still play still play different bands every time and not even i mean each show was four songs so you can imagine there were thousands of songs recorded yeah 
and not even touch the same bands. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, absolutely. And I'll also <laughs> say this about it. I, I mentioned this earlier, but when you would get the four tracks, they would be the live version of those songs. Uh huh. Stripped down, bare bones, just good old rock and roll. No reverb, no special effects, no uh, guy behind That's the control panel in the recording booth doing all kinds of funky things to make it sound like a certain way. Instead, it would have to be the the band actually just being what they are without exactly. all the processing, without all the effects. Mm-hmm. So, well, guys, it's about time for us to discuss what bands we bands and songs we played. And I'll start off here. The first band that we played tonight was Block Party. And that was their song, Tulips. The second band was The Dotsons. And that was their song, Fink for the Man. The third band I, I played was Gang of Four with 545. The fourth band was Goat Boy with Cannonballer Dreamin'. And last but not least for me, I played the Helicopters with By the Grace of God. And I'd heard of Block Party and Gang of Four, but the other three were completely new bands to me. I chose them because I was amused by the names of those three said bands. And I discovered three new bands just thanks to John Peel, which I think, and just as AJ was saying, that is the, literally the spirit of what the Peel sessions are. It's a friend telling you about this band, except John Peel is just a complete stranger to you outside of, of course, the personal nature of what, his presentation of all these bands were, and this man kept it up for 37 years from 1967 clear up to 2004. So you would feel like he was talking to you specifically. He was, and he was talking to everybody listening, but you couldn't help but feel like he was talking to you. And this is why this band is cool. Check them out. And then you would, and you'd be like, I like that. I got to go get that album. And then you'd go and buy the new debut album from whatever band. And then they would become huge later. But that was their first influence. That was the first time anybody exposed you to that stuff. That's why he became so popular. Come on. The Bee Gees were on there. And the Bee Gees were huge in the 70s. I'm not a Bee Gees fan, but they were huge. So it's just... Whatever, man. He's got a bumper sticker on the back of his car that says, I heart the Bee Gees. So don't listen to him. Hey, 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 hey. You don't need to give away all my secrets now. (laughs) uh what what bands did you play for us aj uh my first track this week number uh six was the buzzcocks with noise a noise i've always loved the buzzcocks and i always thought they were great but the first time i ever heard the live version of this song i liked it better than the one on the radio uh, you know, the one on the actual album, the one on the, the, the actual uh, CD that I first listened to them on. So awesome. Uh, they could play that well. And when they played it live and raw, it was just so impressive. Uh, that song is really cool. It's got a cacophony going on. I love the drum beats. It's so punk, and yet somehow it's way cooler than most punk songs. Love yeah. the bus Thought it would be a good intro, and I'm glad we got to do this show because 
I don't know if I ever would have had a chance to play this song otherwise. Uh, continuing my uh, second track this week, track number seven was the band Madness with Ed and Breakfast Man. And, you know, I listened to a little bit of ska and some of the two-tone stuff, and I like it. Uh, Madness and the Specials are always my favorites, but they're probably the best-known bands from the, that genre. But he's, here's a good example. That wasn't straight-up punk this time. It was the two-tone stuff. And, you know, that's got the dub and the reggae all mixed in with a little bit of punk just for fun. And, uh, dude, I have so much of that music, and I love listening to it sometimes. It's different from the other stuff I listen to. Um, and I once again give John Peel the, the, the credit because I have so many acts on the Peel sessions just because I prefer the live version versus the way that it's played on the album. That's the honest truth. Anyway, continuing my third track this evening, the uh, eighth track on the list, uh, The Cure with their song, All Cats Are Gray. And I love the original version of that song. But once again, this live version stripped down. The band couldn't put all these special effects on it. The song had to be decent, and it is. I actually prefer it to the one that's on the actual album, ironically. Uh, my fourth track this evening, track number nine, was New Order with their song, Atmosphere which is uh, obviously an old Joy Division song. On the first outing that they had with uh, the John Peel, they couldn't uh, play any of the older Joy Division stuff because they'd already done a Joy Division uh, Peel session a couple of times in the past. But they didn't want to touch on that. They wanted to do new stuff. So they played stuff from their first New Order album. Uh, but when they went back for one of the subsequent uh, Peel sessions, they asked them to go a little further back in their catalog. And so they pulled out this song and they finally played it live on the show. And this song is so cool in any form, but I love this live version. It's so much simpler and raw and it works so well. It's beautiful. I wish I could have been there while they were recording this and see this happen live. It would have been incredible. Anyway, continuing my fifth and final track of the evening. Uh, Susie and the Banshees with the song Voodoo Dolly. And I could have picked a lot of Susie songs. They were on the Peel Sessions multiple times. Uh, but I thought that I wanted to get a song that doesn't normally get the light of day. And Voodoo Dolly's always been a favorite of mine. It's not the best known Susie track. But it's so much rawer and so much better here than on the actual album that the song is on. That uh, it's impressive to me just whenever I hear anything Peel Session. And like I've told you, uh, I've discovered so many bands because I would just go to that list on the cover of all the albums and you would see all these other bands and be like, who the hell is The Fall? Let me grab uh, a copy of The Fall uh, whenever I get a chance and I'll listen to it and you discover that you liked it too. These kids nowadays have it way easier. All they got to do is type in the name of the band in the Peel Sessions and it pops up on YouTube and they can listen to the whole album without having to pay any money to hear any of those songs at all but um mm -hmm. back in the day when it was harder to figure out what you liked and they didn't necessarily play the stuff that you liked on the radio around here uh i could go to a sound warehouse or an apple records or Hogwild, and i could buy the fall uh on the peel sessions and i knew i was going to like it i didn't know the music yet but i knew i was going to like it for the most part and it never did me wrong i always discovered lots of great stuff that way so yeah that's why i wanted to do a show about john peel i thought it would be great and i thought that it would be something that we haven't ever done a show about but i think he deserves the recognition 
And as time passes, he's going to become more and more famous because people go back and rediscover the music that they love by hearing the stripped down, simpler, straight up rock and roll version of all these songs that they love. And they've never heard it that raw. You can go to a concert and a show, but the, the audience makes all the noise in the background and you can't really hear the music 100 percent. That's a great thing about uh, the Peel Sessions. It's them recording it live, but there's no background noise. <laughs> so it's like yeah. perfectly clear. I mean, I, I'm glad to see. And uh, my YouTube uh, algorithms are showing this to me now. Thanks to us and doing this show is that there are other people carrying on this legacy of making their own version of Peel Sessions. Of course, they add their own names to it. So it is all out there on YouTube for you to discover. So all you have to do is just go looking for it. If you have an indie rock band that you know of that's a really small time, who knows, maybe they've had a similar thing over the past 20 years. So, yeah. Well, I, I'd like to also mention that any of the live recordings at the BBC studios are fantastic. David Bowie and Mark Bolin from uh, T-Rex, they were both on there. They weren't on the Peel sessions necessarily, uh, but they both uh, had their stuff recorded live. And it was kind of the same idea. But what I liked about Peel is he always, as I mentioned earlier in that little description I read, uh, he would hear something and he would think, oh, my God, that's electric. That made the little hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Mm. And people would write in and say, don't ever play that again. <laughs> and he'd be like, are you kidding? I'm going to play more of that for sure next week. And then the week after that, because it excited him. And whenever he felt that excitement, he knew it was going to be huge. Oh, and yeah. he, he did it with that Ramones record. And that's when punk started up in England. That's when everybody started getting interested in that stuff. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah. guys, we are running short on time here this for this uh, week. So we'll go ahead and close it out here. Guys, and speaking um, of short, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to us on my uh, Mod Snap Radio, do stay tuned because uh, Count Fartfig Newton and Glockenspiel Steve will have their show Strudel Bus coming up next. <laughs> <laughs> Fartfig Newton, of all things. <laughs> yeah, it's not Fartfig Newton. It's Fartfig Newton, which is even worse, I think. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Glockenspiel, Steve. <laughs> oh, oh, they got jealous. <laughs> yep. And Glockenspiel is one of those really metallic sounding like xylophones. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but uh, we, as uh, I have been advertising on our Facebook page and of course my own personal pages, uh, we are on iTunes and Spotify mm -hmm. now. This is all through Anchor Podcasts, so yay. you can go and shut up. We can go and you can go and listen to it directly mm -hmm. on Anchor. You can go to Spotify for it. 
your favorite podcast program on your phone will probably download it as long as you go looking for the real alternative hour. Or you can just play the old-fashioned way on Mudflap Radio. Yeah, you can listen to us live every Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. We, uh, well, live, uh, it premieres uh, every Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. on Mudsnap Radio. Mm -hmm. So we always record it a day or two ahead of time because, well, we are busy adults and we live 600 miles apart from one another. I'm not going to go down to, I'm just not just going to casually drive down to the studio to record an hour-long show, much as I wouldn't mind to. And besides, it's the livest recording you've ever heard, goddammit. Oh, yes, yes, yes. See? Really live. (laughs) Put it back in. It's not done yet. (laughs) Okay, it's back in. Now what? Ooh, baking for another (laughs) half an hour. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, till next time, you guys behave yourselves and... We will talk to you guys next week with the real Christmas hour. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. The beginning to look a lot like fuck this. <laughs> it's been cold as shit that day. <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs>